take the time to go about understanding life and your experiences. There was a lesson in everything. And if I had missed those lessons, I would be very stagnant and I wouldn't be where I am right now. Just the adaptation of, of life and knowing that it's not gonna be easy is you already set yourself up with that expectation. You're gonna move in a way where you're constantly learning and absorbing and growing and not seeing as life as, why is this happening to me? You're seeing as life as, okay, what can I get from this these experiences? And how can I use that to move forward? What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Redefine Your Roots podcast. My mission for this series is all about understanding where we come from. What is the source of who we are today? How can we challenge our perspectives of what we know to show up as our highest version of ourselves? Every episode, you'll hear an impactful story or perspective to help create a new narrative of our own. I'm your host, a queer black woman, entrepreneur, coach, mental health advocate, creative, and most importantly, a real person, just trying to figure out the ways of the world. My name is Nicole Raglan, and this is Redefine Your Roots. What is going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Redefine Your Roots. It is your girl, Nicole Raglan. Thank you so much for tapping into today's episode. It is absolutely a good one. I am speaking with my girl, Samantha Nieves, and we were talking a lot about the power of silencing our fears. Our fears really have like a hold on our thoughts, on the capabilities that we have for ourselves, the things that we feel like we deserve. And I feel like throughout this conversation, we're talking a lot about Samantha's experiences behind just things that she had to overcome mentally, things that she had to overcome within herself and her outside realm, the people that she brought into her life, how important it is to make sure you have people around you that uplift you, people around you that speak life into you, people in your circle that really can see the best within you and ensure that you kind of get to this point of greatness for you. We also talked about the different levels of these relationships, whether it's intimately or platonically. How can we use the energy that we're getting from the people around us and use it in a way that it is beneficial for us? And if you're not feeling that from the people around you, what type of self-reflection that you can do to ensure that you're finding that peace when your outside realm isn't per se giving you that? You know, in these moments of like turmoil and these moments of what am I going to do? Are we really sitting with ourselves enough to ask ourselves questions? You know, what are some things that are going to make us feel more comfortable compared to what are some things that we're doing to make other people more comfortable? And I really, really got a lot from this conversation because I think especially coming out of a pandemic or we're still in a pandemic, but just coming out of the year that we've had, it's really easy to put other people first, you know, especially when we're going through so much within ourselves. How are we taking the time enough to make sure that we are good? Yeah, today was a good one. Make sure you really take the time, really slow it down, listen, because he's really speaking some facts here. Um, If you are new here, remember to go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let's get into today's episode.
What is going on, y'all? Today I'm with my girl, Samantha Nieves, and we're going to be talking a lot about tapping into ourselves and tapping into relationships. So I'm super excited to hear this conversation because my girl just got engaged. So I want to hear the process and the steps and the works to get to that. Um, but yes, how are you doing today, Sam? I am good. I am good, good, good on this fine day. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm so happy that you're here today. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yes. This podcast is revolving a lot about our self-worth and revolving a lot about who we are and how we define ourselves in the world. So how would you define yourself within the world? I would say that I'm constantly evolving and growing and a student. Like, I'm, I'm just constantly trying to get to know myself, get to understand myself and redefine myself. And I feel like at no point in life, in my life anyway, do I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm fully understood and I fully get it, you know? I feel like I'm constantly understanding how I am in the world, my purpose in the world, and just my overall being is an ever-growing thing, so yeah. What do you feel like some things are that have contributed to your like overall being and how you're showing up? Everything from my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my friends, and even my significant other. And I feel like just my experiences, even in like school, um, at work, in my workspace, I feel like having that exchange with everyone as we are all like growing in our life and our experiences has really shaped my understanding of the world and like my understanding of my purpose and wanting to help and give back to people even in where I am in my my profession like going towards my profession of wanting to be a nurse like like the fact that I'm actually working towards that right now it's just like wow okay this is really this whole entire educational experience is shaping who I am as a person and as a professional so it's mind-blowing sometimes <laughs> you have to take a step back and be like wow I came this far or like wow yeah. this happened to me and I went through it I grew through it I overcame like obstacles and hurdles and things like that so it's uh it's it, it brings me joy I would say to have, have gone through a lot that I've gone through yeah thank you for that what's something that you feel like you've experienced that really shaped that mindset that you have right now just being grateful for going through some things how do you feel like you were able to like shift your mindset when it came to those things I feel like I had to I was in a very low place there was I'll distinctively recall like a situation where I think I mentioned it to people like a few times where there was a whole summer I went and I was broke broke like I had three dollars to my name for the entire summer and I was between switching apartments and I had to pay off one apartment <laughs> pay rent for one apartment and then also work to pay um rent for put the down payment for the new apartment and I was working like three jobs and I was still finishing, I think, trying to finish school. And 
that was the most low that I've ever been in my entire life because I felt like I couldn't do anything. I felt like I couldn't go anywhere. People would be like, yo, what's up? Like, you want to go out? I'm like, nah. Uh, yeah, but I, <laughs> I don't know if I can make it that far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a hard, it's a hard, mm, I'm going to think about it or like a no. Because, yeah. you know, like, I just didn't, I had literally felt like I had nothing. And I was in a relationship at the time. And that I felt at that time, like that was the only thing that was feeding me along with like my parents who kind of helped me keep going. And I didn't tell my parents about this because I didn't want to, it was an ego thing. I didn't want them to also feel like, damn, you're doing all this work and this is kind of the fruits of your labor. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> um, but I say that also say that all I had beyond the immediate people around me was God. And I felt like, that's the only thing I could call on, the only person who I could cry to, um, the only relationship that was established that wasn't going to hurt me, leave me, or let me feel like I have continuous doubt um, on my heart and in my spirit. And that really was a testimony to my growth and my character because there'll be times now I'm a nursing student. I'm grown, grown. You know what I mean? And I'm in the same, I'm almost in the same predicament, except I had no job. Mm-hmm. And that to me, to me, it feels like, yo, what are you doing with your life? Like you have no business, you have no side hustle, you have no job. All you're doing is going to school, like what's the problem? And I feel like I've been in that situation before where I've been super low and I've had nothing that I can get through anything now. Like my mindset is channeled to, okay, panic, maybe panic for like, 10.5 seconds but after that it's like yo god got you you're gonna get through this there's nothing that's gonna stop you. there's no way you're not gonna be blessed in this situation come out of the situation blessed so that's just kind of how like i get through what i get through like on a even a daily basis like when i go through troubles and obstacles and things like that yes wow thank you for that i feel like we all kind of go through this period of being like super low and then having to rely on you know whatever our thing is that we believe in to kind of get us out of it so i definitely get that how did you use your i guess how did you use that faith in god and combat your ego because I feel like your ego always pops up. Like your ego is always trying to say something and it's always trying to hang out in the conversation. So how were you able to like kind of silence that and still put faith and trust? Cause it's, it's easier than said than done. You know what I mean? So what are some steps that you took to do that? So I ground myself um, in my, found, like my foundation is whenever anything that's, Anything that's going to literally break me down, give me anxiety, or bother me in a way where it's like, yo, I can't, I feel like I can't do this. I have to ground myself back to, well, where were you when this same thing or something troubling like this happened happened to you before? Where were you? And where was your mindset? I literally bring myself back to that moment where it's like, no, sis. Like, no, you have to... (laughs) You have to redirect yourself back to the foundation. Like, yes, you've been through this. Yes, you're going to get through this. I also, the second thing is, I also surround myself with people who are going to check me, like who are also going to uplift me and pray with me. Um, That's really like my aunts, like certain aunts that I can call on. It's like, okay, we're going to pray. My grandparents, okay, we're going to pray. Like 
my mother, my father, even my fiance, like he, we literally sit down and we pray all the time. If we're going through something, it could be early in the morning. It could be four o'clock in the morning, you know? Um, we just have to pray. Like that's for me, for me anyway. I also have to write down my thoughts because sometimes I have a million and one thoughts going through my head um, with maybe like having anxiety um, and on the brink of an anxiety attack. <laughs> I literally have to write down how I'm feeling all of my thoughts on paper because I can't say it out loud. It's impossible for me to process out loud. So by writing on paper, I will go back and read what I wrote and I'm like, okay, now you have an understanding of what exactly it is that you're, where your focal point is and what's bothering you. How are you gonna go about addressing it? And that's when um, I try to find not, I can't always lean on my own solutions, but I do try to seek inward and then move outward like all right this is how you're going to execute this is how you're going to go about um addressing your problem those are the three primary things that i do or have that i just always go back to and try to like check especially with my friends they will check me they will check me like it's really you you can get through this or it's not impossible or <laughs> or you know what, we're just gonna sit down and we're gonna have this conversation. It might be a tough conversation, but we'll be fine. We're gonna get through this. So, and I never feel like it's a solo thing. <laughs> you see that I'm saying we, or like us, like I don't feel like I have to do it on my own. That's where I also had to check myself at the door. It's like, no, you can't get through this by yourself. This is how you're gonna go about it. Yeah, I love that you talk about friends and support because I feel like one thing that I do, I'll, whenever I feel like I'm going through something, I think I'll isolate. I don't need nobody. I got this. You know what I'm saying? So just really emphasizing on really having people around you that support you and your vision and the way that you think and what you're trying to get accomplished is super important. What do you have any like tips for, I guess, gaining and maintaining those type of connections because I feel like sometimes we'll go through the works of being around people that we feel like are supporting us but aren't necessarily doing so so how do you mm -hmm. kind of like sift those people out to be like you know what what I'm thinking is okay and they're actually supporting me and what I'm trying to do versus they're trying to change how I'm feeling and change what I'm doing to meet whatever needs they are trying to do mm, so mm, that's that's good that's good that's a good question I feel like before I felt like I could call anybody any of my friends and like you said you just don't know like you really don't know who you're gonna talk to and or if you want to talk to anybody because you just kind of want to deal with it on your own and I realized I couldn't just call everybody or anybody I really, and that also challenged like my relationships with people to the point where I had to cut people off. Yeah. So I'm like, you're not gonna be available. I need you to be available for me. Not, not on my time, but emotionally available, like spiritually available, mentally available, and even physically available. And for me, 
sifting out those people and finding out, okay, I can call on this person because they're going to kind of help me, like guide me through the process. Or even just sit down and listen. Like I was talking to somebody the other day, not every conversation warrants an opinion. Not every conversation warrants you having to say something. You can literally just sit there and listen. Listen, yeah. And that is so powerful. And I feel like because I figured out who I can call on and literally minimize my group to a certain amount of people or just even certain people in general, that has changed the way I even feel like I can handle a situation. Um, I don't always lean on myself. I can lean on somebody else in that in that regard. So I would just say, really, as far as tips are concerned, you really have to find out who your circle is, know, know who your circle is, and or surround yourself with people who you feel like are going to be there for you at all costs. Um, I have friends who would drop everything and be like, I'm coming to see you right now because you don't sound good or they will stop what they're doing and they'll have a whole conversation with me. They can be on their way to an appointment, like a doctor's appointment. It's like, no, we need to talk. You don't sound good. And that to me, going from people who are just like, oh yeah, you know, that's bad. You know, that's, I'm sorry that happened. And to people who are like, no, I can see why this is a problem or, hey, I'm glad that you feel vulnerable enough to even just list, like have me here and listen to you. Like, you're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. So, yeah, keep your circle small and keep good people in your circle. If you want to have a big circle, go ahead. But just know that there's just certain people that are not going to be for you. So figure out who's for you and go about your day. I feel like that was one of the hardest things that I had to accept, you know, as I'm like growing up and getting older. It's like, everyone's not gonna be for you. And I think a lot of the times, we tend to put the pressure on ourselves for other people not being for us, you know? Mm. So I I definitely hear what you're saying. What, what are some ways that you feel like you kind of remove the shame and the guilt from letting people go out of your life that's still an ongoing process so yeah that's that is the toughest thing i think i've had to do there are some people that i've had whole friendships with for years high school years middle school years yeah mm-hmm. and I've had to literally take a step back because I just couldn't. It's it's hard as hell. <laughs> I can't even say that there's a there's a way to go about it because each person is different. Your your relationship with each person is different, and some people might have even cut me off before I even cut them off. And it's like it's like okay, it was mutual. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I went through okay, so I'll say this. I went through two really bad breakups, like as far as relationships are concerned. Back to back ghosted. 
And I'm not perfect. I am not a perfect human being. I'm not a perfect individual. I have a past. Everybody does. But having been ghosted is <laughs> that changes that changes you. That really changes you. Yeah, and I agree. It, I I literally had to say, yo, there's no I can't hold on to this. This is too heavy. So from that moment on, from those moments on, working my way to like maybe pushing out people that no longer serve me or I even no longer serve them became easier. And I don't want to say this in a regard that it's like, all right, I'm trying to be toxic because people cut me off. I'm going to cut people off. No, absolutely not. But it changed how I understood like, okay, cool. If somebody is not, is no longer for you, you can gradually push them away um, in a healthy way or keep your distance in a healthy way and or just state what's wrong. State, hey, this relationship is no longer serving me and let's move on from it. And that's fine because some people won't understand. Some people just don't get it. Like, how come, it? How come you're not talking to me? What's going on? Yeah. You know? And I've had to... I've had to be like, yo, I can't deal with what we have right now as a friendship, in a relationship, interaction. It's not going to work. Here's why. If you need an explanation, here's how I want to go about it. If you want to go about it a certain way, that's solely up to you, how you want to process it. That is not my responsibility. My responsibility is to say, I want healthy relationships in my life. I need love, peace, joy, happiness in my life. And I need people who are going to be there for me in a way where they're going to show up. They're going to be present. Um, and I'm also going to show up and be present for them. It's a mutual exchange. So having to let people go becomes easier. But you have to find, you really do have to find your way of processing it. Because there, there are times where I still get ghosted, like from friends. And yeah. I'm like, or people who I call friends. And I'm like, wow, okay. But it doesn't warrant an explanation anymore. I don't need an explanation anymore. Before I needed everything to be, I wanted closure. I needed an explanation. Yes. I needed mm -hmm. details. Why it didn't work. Um, maybe how we could have gone about it. And it's like, no, accepting the fact that it's okay. We, we, we are where we are right now. And not every chapter is going to end with a fairy tale. Yeah. And not every chapter is going to end in joy and happiness and stuff like that. But it's okay because internally I still have joy and knowing that I'm glad we had that exchange. I'm glad we had that, those experiences with each other because for me, it helped me grow as a person. And that's that. That's mm. clarity. It's it's all about receiving clarity. And I think sometimes, or maybe I'll just speak for myself, we try to seek that clarity externally. And that's where the turmoil comes in, you know what I'm saying? Because when people don't give it to you, or if they are giving it to you, but it's not the way that you want it to be given, it starts mm. turning into this whole that's where the anxiety comes in and feeling like you need to rely on people and keeping people in your circle that don't belong there so you can mm -hmm. remain on this frequency. 
That's crazy. <laughs> That's wild. I definitely get that. So what are... I don't know. I just need to sit with that thought for a second. Hold on. <laughs> You're good. That's intense. I'm just like, because when I'm like, usually like when I'm like doing these, I'm like thinking about things that I've done or like things that the other person, you know what I mean? Like, or interaction that I might've had with you that I might've, okay, I'm a little toxic. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, like just really being open and like thinking about things like as you're speaking is cool, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, word. Uh, I'm just thinking a lot about the pressure that we put on ourselves as we are removing ourselves out of these relationships and connections. What's an experience that you per se had that build, build, built you back up into this clarity within ourselves? Because I feel like we can say that we just need to be okay with us and just being okay with not letting anyone else give us a response that we need but like how like literally what are like the active steps that you took to be like i'm good (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm straight without feeling like you need anyone else to validate that so i'll talk about my last relationship before i met my fiance or (laughs) before it became a thing so in my previous relationship, um, wish that person well, you know, I hope all the best for them. But um, we left on a very toxic note. We had a very toxic way about um, the way we communicated. And to have severed the relationship and not had any bit of understanding as to why it was severed without a proper or appropriate like explanation like can you send me off like with yeah, <laughs> can you like, send me pack off me up, like, like, like you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> like for real like can, can we do that like i know it wasn't the the best moment um yeah i definitely know it wasn't the best moment as to how it ended um but at the same time I had to like I mentioned before I went to two back-to-back literally back-to-back relationships where it's the same exact thing the same exact way I got cut off the same exact way we went about the relationship and I was like yo I'm doing something wrong that's that was the first thing I had to acknowledge I was like no I didn't deserve this but there's something that you need to understand about yourself or check about yourself in order for you to stop immersing yourself in these types of relationships or engaging in these types of relationships because it's clearly not working for you. It's not healthy. Mm -hmm. So for me to have first acknowledged that, that took like a good two, three months. No, yeah. (laughs) And... I had literally, like you said, isolation um, is something that you try, like it happens. But I had isolated myself so much from everyone. I didn't want to talk to anybody. But I will say that in isolating myself, 
I had a little more clarity instead of having all these outside opinions as to what transpired and how bad that person is or no, you didn't deserve this. It's like, yeah, 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 I get that. But I also need to understand for myself how I am perceiving this relationship, how I perceive the relationship, how I am as an individual. Do I, do I know who I am at this point? So acknowledging, yes. The second thing was to write because that's all I had. My journal, it sounds so very simple, but I still have those journals. I might burn them, but <laughs> I had like maybe two or three journals. I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. If it meant anything else to do at the end of the day, I had to write in my journal because again, I had so many thoughts running through my head. Me going back to read is a form of therapy for me because I didn't want to go see a therapist. I had my therapy was my, was my, was my journal. So it's like, all right, read it back to yourself. What is it that you're exactly feeling? Why is it that you're targeting the conversation that you're having in this, like the words that you're having in this um, journal? What is it that you're trying to get out of it? And what is it that hurts you most? How are you going to channel your energy to now change that, change the way you perceive that, change the way you think about that. So after writing, I was only talking to two people, like close friends, about how I was feeling. And I think at that point, they only knew to listen and not that I just wanted them to listen, but they only knew to listen because it was just so much, much yeah. that I had. It was so heavy that they could they didn't they didn't even want to say anything, not because they had a fear of saying anything, but because they understood how going through this and how I've had to process it was heavy and a very big burden for me. Um, but it was also very enlightening for me at the same time. I then, when I say fitness or exercising saved my life, like um, I had literally stopped eating. I had stopped drinking any fluids. And I was depressed to the point where I would be in my own space and my body's just wasting away, literally. At some point I'd realized I lost so much weight that, and I would stand up and like pass out, like feel like I was going to pass out um, because I wouldn't take in anything. I didn't want anything in me. I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want to be bothered by anything, but I realized that if I don't move, I'm literally gonna die. So I had to do that. I had to move and that changed everything as well. By doing so, um, I also like encouraged people in a process because some people had gone through similar things or components of my bad experience they've also had or were having. So seeing how that helped others also got me back up to be like, all right, cool. Like 
we're going to do this together. We're going to get through this together. And that also helped guide me in the process. So you never know what your testimony can do for somebody else. And that's when I started to share it with other people. Hey, this is what happened. And I, I was almost embarrassed, but it became more comfortable for me to share because I realized that helped change people's life at the same time. I would say that's pretty much like what I did to kind of get myself back up. And it's kind of the things that I continue to implement that help me stay grounded at yeah, all times. Yeah, to be able to maintain that. Thank mm -hmm. you for sharing that. Yeah, so I think a lot of when you like share yourself and share your testimonial with others, it definitely gives us some type of comfort within ourselves too. Like, you know, like I think by like retreating ourselves and not allowing ourselves to be vulnerable with the world, with our story and our experiences, we're also not validating that our experiences are okay. So I think that it's dope that you even do share that. And I, and then before you were also mentioning being like these back-to-back -back situations and really having to wake yourself up like, yo, I got to be the problem. I got to be the issue. How do I address whatever is going on within me so it doesn't keep showing up? And that's scary. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you really have to be vulnerable with yourself in those points. Like, yo, like how I'm showing up is not okay. And removing the shame and the guilt to know that I can do better, even though I wasn't always doing the best mm -hmm. is also hard. So how do you feel like you were able to transition into being in this unhealthy dynamic within yourself and the outside world to being in a healthy dynamic with yourself and the outside world? I had to forgive myself every day. I would wake up, pray, and forgive myself and ask for forgiveness. And <laughs> people, when I would tell people that, like, well, how do you just forgive yourself? It's like literally apologizing and saying at the same time, it is okay that you're feeling what you're feeling. It is okay that you're not perfect. It's okay that you went through what you went through because at the end of it all, you're gonna look back on all this and be like, God is good. God you're gonna is look great. back on this and be you're gonna look back on this and be like, yo, you actually got through that moment and you're here now. And in that moment, in that present time, I knew that forgiving myself would lead to that. I didn't know when that was gonna happen. I just knew that I had to take time and be patient with myself and be actively forgiving myself and forgiving um, other people. Ooh, forgiving other people was the number one thing I had to do on top of forgiving myself. That changed everything. That really changed everything. I can't say it enough. Like people just like, I got so much. I, I hate this person so much. And I, 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 you know, why did they do this to me? Why did they, they, they don't, they don't, they're not good for me or, or they're like, you know, just angry and mean people. And it's like, yo, but forgive them, have grace. And it's hard to forgive yeah. other people. 
It's like you have because. to val- yeah, it's like you have to validate your experience by pulling them down. You know what I mean? And that's just resentment. Go ahead. Exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you up. <laughs> no, you're good. That's just too much to harbor. That's too much stress, hate, anguish to harbor. I have no energy for it. And I did, but I don't anymore. Because the longer I'm holding on to what I did in the past is the longer I'm going to be stuck there. And I'm trying to move forward with my life. So the moment I can forgive myself and forgive those people is the moment I can begin to take steps forward to having a healthy, wholesome life. That I can't, I can't, I can't go about life any other way. I can't do it. Even to this day, there's people that curse me out, curse me out. And I'm like, what did, what did I do? do yeah. Please tell me what, please <laughs> tell me what I do. Because I'll smile in your face, even though I'm very upset. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I can't, once I've done that, I've released everything that is attached to that moment to those people to say, I got it. Now I can take my step forward and move on with my life. What did I do? That's a big one. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really about like shifting the blame. Like what did I, like, what did I do to make you upset? like what what did I do (laughs) because realistically I think something that I had to learn also too is that nothing is about us nothing is about us at all so what did I do (laughs) to make you upset Mm -hmm. or what is what is showing up for you (laughs) that happened within our experience to make you upset it's not about me it's about whatever you're going through in your body and your brain that is being projected onto me <laughs> so uh, yeah that's definitely a part of it but I also want to get into um just like how you like transitioned into going from unhealthy toxic relationships into a very healthy one like because I feel like people don't really talk about how hard it is to transition to that like being so used to chaos and then being settled and you're like hold up where's the chaos you know what i'm saying like, yeah <laughs> like you know what i'm saying why are we not arguing what's good what's your problem you start yeah. creating that chaos and you further yeah. like going back into old cycles so how do you feel like you were able to acclimate yourself into this new way of life i instead of jumping right into friendships or relationships, I was like, no, I'm gonna take my time. And by taking my time, it was me getting to know um, people. And before I met my fiance, hey fiance, before I met my fiance, um, we, cause we already known each other for a long time, but we had gotten into, you know, getting to know each other deeper. Um, but before I met him, I was also talking to other people and by talking to other people, I mean, getting to know them, I was not involved heavily with those people. And it was because I also needed to understand what I wanted out of our exchange or what I wanted for the future. 
and I wasn't wasting my time with trying to fill the gap in order to get there. So my being very intentional in how I interact with people became a thing. And at least for my relationship, my current relationship, we've been dating three years, three plus years. But when I finally got to that place of saying, okay, I'm going to allow myself to be in friendship with this person, I had to take my time with getting to know him, even though we had already known each other from long before, like literally years before we knew each other in college, we were in like the same organization together. And I had, we had no interest in each other whatsoever. And I had to literally put my guard down little by little. I couldn't just let myself feel like, oh wow, he's taking me on a date, like a real date. Or, oh wow, like he actually thought about me in this way. Like how you're saying, like second guessing, like why, why are you doing this? Do I deserve yes. this? Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, 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 is, why are you being so nice? And so for me, I wasn't used to being, being treated nice in the way I, I needed to be treated nice. And it kind of, I had to take a step back from it, but also slowly receive it at the same time. I couldn't completely reject the fact that I was being treated well. I had to also acknowledge, like, he actually cares about your well-being. He actually cares about who you are as a person. He wants to get to know you. He's not forcing himself on you or into your life. And that was new for me because I'm so used to this being like, boop, dive in. Like, I'm like, just just dive into some relationship, right? But I'm like, I was like, this is very new for me. But being intentional about having a friendship only with this person is something that shifted kind of my kind of the way I went about relationship and we had gotten to know each other I think it was like 10 10 months it must have been like 10 months people are like wow so y'all didn't do anything yet no we didn't do anything <laughs> yet we didn't even kiss yet oh, wow. like we so- were we we were just like hugging each other and literally just getting to know each other like I think maybe towards like the last month, two months of us like quote unquote getting to know each other. Um, I had finally gone over his house, like his apartment, because I, never, I didn't want to. I, uh, well, go ahead. You didn't want to put yourself in that kind of situation. Exactly. I didn't want to. Put, exactly. I don't want to put myself because I'm like, if I go over there, I'm now entertaining the idea that he could do something. Even when I went there. He had the respect enough to be like, no, I'm going to go sleep on my bed. You can sleep on my couch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't forcing anything. He wasn't forcing anything either. But to me, again, that was like, wow, what what is this? What what do you mean? (laughs) Um, We could cook for each other and, and just do that. Like that to me, that was so refreshing. And I needed that. But I also knew that I was still trying to overcome some barriers like communication especially um 
in our interaction with one another. And for us to have been patient because we both were kind of like dealing with a br- like breakup situations that didn't necessarily end well, we were patient enough with each other to say we're intentionally getting to be in becoming friends to saying, okay, we want to like, we want to intentionally get into relationship with one another, but we want to go about it in a healthy way. So whether it took one year, two years, three years to be like, no, I'm getting to know you. I honestly believe that we would have sustained that because we knew what we wanted out of our relationship with one another. And we also knew what we wanted uh, internally, like spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. And if it's worth us doing this or going through this process, let's go through it. Um, It's a value to me. There's still moments where things will come up and it will be like a phase of who I was in the past. Like I might say, oh, especially with food. This is a thing with women. (laughs) (laughs) Food will get you. Food will get you, right? But, um, yeah, he'll be like, you know, hey, babe, like, you didn't eat all day. Like, let me get you something. I'm like, no, no, we got to do this. Like, you eat. He wasn't vegan before. He's vegan now. No, I didn't force him to be vegan. But <laughs> he was, you know, he was just regular meat eating, you know, vegetables on the side kind of guy. And he'd be like, um, I'd be like, okay, are you hungry? All right, cool. We're going to go get you something. What are you going to eat? Don't worry about me. I'll figure it out. What, but babe, what are you, you going to eat? So it would be to the point where I'm also not used to somebody taking care, care of me yeah. that way. And thinking about me like, no, but I understand I'm going to be satiated. But what about your, your hunger right now? Like mm-hmm. you really, you need to do something. And he would be very upset. And I'm like, I'm sorry that this is happening. I was like, <laughs> but at the same time, I had to say like, yo, he cares about you, just let him take care of you. Letting him take care of me was the hardest thing ever. It still happens sometimes to this day, but it's not as frequent as it was before. And to let him be like, okay, I'm going to do this for you. That's cool. Him giving me a gift, him taking me out for my birthday on our first like birthday date. We Still weren't in a relationship we were still friends nobody took me the last two birthdays were trash because yeah. i was in relationship and they literally ended right before my birthday or they were ending like and and around my birthday and i didn't feel the need to celebrate my birthday i had no desire to celebrate mm-hmm. i'll take you out what do you mean you have no plans what that to me and he like just thinking about how he wanted to go about it and not just to impress me but just to be intentional like they have vegan food there yeah (laughs) it's here it's in your city it's in the city that you were you know you were partially raised in and yeah I feel like all of that together was very refreshing but because it was so new I had to take my time with it Mm. I really had to take my time with it um, and I'm still taking time with that, but we have since grown in such a beautiful way. 
and I wouldn't change that for anything. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Can I ask how you dealt with fear along that process? Really having like faith that this person, even though we're just friends, but we're getting to know each other intentionally just for one another. Like how were you able to like trust that it was you two together, even though you guys haven't established that it was more than a friendship? For me, I didn't ever voice my fear to anybody. If it came up, it came up after something bad happened. And I'm like, I was afraid that this was going to happen. But because I was trying to be present and be intentional in our interaction with one another, I told him, I would tell him after a while, like, I'm just feeling this. This is on my heart. This bothered me. This this is why I didn't necessarily feel okay with you taking care of me. I'm not used to this. So literally expressing my fear to him and him being and him saying, wow, I didn't realize. Okay, this is I, I understand this now. I understand why you perceive me this way. And not taking that and trying to make up for the fact that I was afraid by it. So because I'm afraid that he might break my heart, right? He's not going to intention. He's not going to go out of his way to do all the things I said that like, I need to do all the things that I need to be done in order for me to be reassured just to do them. Like just to, just to um, satisfy me in the moment. He would, he would take that and say, okay, how can I help you? Where, what would make you, what would make you feel more comfortable with X, Y, and Z? What would make you feel more comfortable in having these types of conversations? Like, how, how, how did this person or how did these people um, hurt you before? Like trying to understand maybe what I had gone through in my previous relationships because I also didn't want to fully express everything. Him also trying to understand that so not that he didn't necessarily make the same mistake but knowing that how he wanted to also show up and be present in the relationship he was already doing that but knowing that okay this is my trigger this is how i'm gonna approach her trigger and this is why i know this bothers her and saying okay before we get into this conversation i understand that this is maybe your trigger point something that you don't necessarily want to talk about or him doing something may have been a trigger and him saying, I'm, I'm sorry that this, that I'm sorry that this happened, or I'm sorry that I went about it this way. I'm going to try better next time. And actually being like actively doing that instead of just saying that I'm going to try. So that, that really, that really changed. I wasn't used to people talking about my fear and I wasn't used to um, the person that I'm engaging with saying, okay, I acknowledge it and I'm gonna try and help you through the process. I'm gonna be, be there for you in the process. Yeah. Wow. So I'm also, I'm also thinking about like in those moments too, sorry, they're slamming the door, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm also thinking about in those moments too, did you always have the answers to give him like, you know, because, you, you know, sometimes things will show up, but you don't know why, like, you know, like you can write it out and journal it out, but it's still kind of like not be 
something that might be clear within you. So like, how do you feel like you guys work through those moments when you were unsure, maybe he was unsure of having the answer on how to work through it? I would say that that was an ongoing learning learning process. Like you said, there's no, there wasn't the answers. We didn't always have the answer. Sometimes it just ended frustrating conversation and we didn't really know where to go from there. But saying we don't understand right now what I'm what you're feeling or what I'm feeling, but let's work to understanding, let's work to finding out why this bothers you. That that is also something that I was not used to. Like saying that, and even if we didn't have an answer for anything. It's like, okay, we're unsure. We don't have an answer. Let's pray about how we're going to get this answer. Let's pray that we're going to get through this. And even before when I was like, man, this, this is not going to work. Like me praying is not going to change anything. It's like, no, it, it really, that was the only reassuring thing. Again, a foundation, a principle that I can only lean on because there's no answer, it's, there's no right answer to go about this. So how else are we gonna do it? That's what we're gonna do. And us praying together versus me praying by myself. For instance, if I did, didn't notice something that maybe I was doing, he would bring it up. He would say, hey, I noticed that you do this. I noticed that you don't allow me to help you. You don't allow me to be present for you in the relationship. Why? I noticed that you have this defense mechanism. Why is it that you have this defense mechanism? And it wouldn't be so blunt like that, but he would point it in that direction that you're defending yourself in this way why is that you're defending yourself? What are you trying to do? It's me protecting my heart. When I was going back to school, when I first went back to nursing school or to school to, um, for nursing, I, at some point, I said, oh yeah, my classes are eventually gonna get harder, so I'm not gonna have time for us. Like, just know that we have to schedule our conversations. We're gonna have to have, like, a couple hours here maybe an hour here but just know that like I'm not gonna have time so just prepare yourself it's like why are you doing that why are you why we're not gonna schedule time and even if we did have to schedule time like you don't need to why are you preparing both you and me mm. because I realized mm, I realized yeah <laughs> I realized that something that I did out of defense that if I didn't have time, because I also was doing a lot of things before and maybe relationships before where I couldn't avail myself, make myself available when I needed to be available. And I wasn't always there literally because I'm like running around doing a bunch of things and they would be upset. They're like, why didn't you just tell me? Why didn't you just, so for me to have, told him it was me out of defense saying hey by the way be ready because I'm 
I'm not going to have time for you. And I just want you to know that I still love you and I care about you, but I'm not going to have time. He's like, you don't need to do that. You're good. I understand that this is going to take a lot of you. I was in school before. I went through a master's program. I understand. Yeah. It's going to be hard. It's still hard. I'm still in nursing school. Mm. So, <laughs> so we just manage we find a way to make it work. It's five minutes, cool. If we can only pray for the night, cool. We've grounded ourselves so much in how we need to show up for each other and what it is that we both want just in life. So knowing that me going through this chapter is very important and significant to our future. Okay, babe, I understand it's hard, but we're gonna get through it. No questions asked. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think society puts a lot of pressure to be available, <laughs> like physically available all the time. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like intimate or platonic relationships, you need to be available for someone. And I know we kind of touched base on that a little bit in the beginning about being able to show up for people, but I think there's a difference between using your free time to show up for people and using all of your time <laughs> to show up for people, mm. you know? So I, I love that you could be in a relationship and still be able to feel contentment in what, with whatever you have left. You know what I mean? Because that, this is all I have left and I'm giving it to you and you're okay with that. I really feel like that's love, you know? Mm. Like just being content with time. So that's the... Even, even, even how you said, like, if that's all you have, like, just knowing that I even gave you the rest of what yeah. I had, it's like, I feel like some people are like, well, why did I get the leftovers? Get, why, why did I, I get, get the scraps? The, why, yeah. yeah, why did I get the scraps? And it's like, no, I actually had nothing left. And this is what I gave out of everything I have left to you. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes even in general relationships or friendships, People don't think about it like that. They're like, well, you don't have time for me. I'm cutting you off. It's like, no, think about it. I still made time out of the time that I didn't have. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> out, of the, out of the expiration <laughs> of things. Like, yeah. like, I literally, but it also, I'm not saying you should do that all the time. I'm saying that it's important for you to, to do it. Like, it's important to even in that regard say like, okay, I'm acknowledging it. Like, yo, she cares. He cares this is important. So or I'm important to this person or she's important to me or he's important to me, whatever you want to say. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's really, that really is a tough thing. But like you said, the pressure is a bleep. The pressure is, the pressure is hard. And just so you know, like we're in a very long distance relationship and people are like, how do you, how do you do it? That's how do you do it? How do you do it? I have How questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, we've been in our long distance relationship, our entire relationship. We're engaged and we're in a long distance relationship. We're going to get married. We're probably still going to be in a long distance relationship. Like not after we get married, but up until the point where we get married. And it's like, how are you doing? How are you okay with this? I'm not fully okay with it but I know that's where we have to be right now. 
So knowing that that's our situation and we're, we're going to be as comfortable as we can with it, we're going to make the time when we make the time. I haven't seen him. I saw him like once this year. Dude, that was wow. Yeah, so, I saw him like. I have questions. <laughs> yeah. Now I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, do you have any like reservations when it comes to that? Like, okay, because I'm just thinking like, if you're in a long distance relationship, I feel like you have to uphold the relationship in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever that looks like to you in your relationship. But then once you're in each other's space, you also have to uphold it in a certain way. How do you Mm -hmm. know that you guys will be able to coincide and mesh well within that space if you haven't done it? It's It's a learning experience. Okay, I'm gonna chop. I'm gonna give you the chopped and screwed version. Okay. Okay. So, because <laughs> I'm so, curious. Yeah. So when we first were, you know, like, all right, let's do this. I was living in Jersey. He was living in Pennsylvania. He was living in, in Philly, right? So it wasn't that far, but it was still far. So that's one thing. I got to see him a little bit more. So being in his space when we were finally like, okay, let's be in a relationship. It was natural for us because we're happy. It's the beginning of a relationship. Okay, let's do it, you know? And that was good. But then we moved apart. He went to Miami. I was now still in Jersey. And that was a whole other situation because it's like, all right, well, how are you going to deal with this? We made time to go see each other, right? But being in our... Being in each other's space for the first time in that long, long distance relationship, that was tough. That was very tough. But when we would go, when we, when I would go to Miami, I think we might have stayed in the Airbnb maybe once or twice. But even being in each other's space in that capacity, it's like, all right, we got to pick up on each other's little, Yeah, little knickknacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that, and then we also went on vacation like our first when we first got into our relationship that was also another like hey uh (laughs) i noticed you did this why do you do it Mm -hmm. i don't like it or Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like why are you taking so much time to do x y and z so that was also a very okay um it wasn't a red flag it was like okay i don't like this i'm gonna point it out and let you know i don't like it fast forward to now um (laughs) fast forward to now i might go to his um place he lives in chicago now and i live in florida wow after all that that, literally we just miss each other when he when he was um, living out here but he lives in chicago now i live here and whenever i'm there we've gotten to the point where we understand how we operate in a space and we've talked about it we've had deep conversations about I don't like when you do this or this bothers me. Like just sit down and relax. For me, I have to be getting up and doing things. I have to clean everything because I just have to clean. I have a OCD issue. But um, for him, he's like, yo, sit your ass down, like <laughs> relax. Um, you know, and you don't always have to be getting up to go do things. And I understand you care about me, but just just sit down and relax. And I'm just like, all right, cool. So knowing that we're, when we're in each other's space and in each chapter of us being in different spaces, we've learned to the point where 
if I if we decide to move again and we're so far apart from each other, we get it. We get it. We've now adapted to the fact that if we if something new does come up, we point it out and we're okay with saying this is bothering us or we're in too close proximity to each other. I'm gonna give you your space. I'm gonna give you my, like, let me get my space. Like, <clears throat> it's okay. That's fine. Um, and just even acknowledging that we need space when we're still together is also a thing. Like, I know that he has to work. I'm not gonna be up under him, especially with this whole work from home thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be up mm-hmm. under you. I can't be up under you. It'd be nice to just be, you know, let me hug you and, you know, yeah. like enjoy our time, the little bit of time, maybe a week that we might have with each other. But no, I acknowledge that you need your time too. And you need your time to focus. There's a time and space for everything. So we respect each other in that regard. It's very hard, but we've managed, we've, we've now managed to get, like understand what that takes, that what that entails. Um, When we finally live together, I don't know how that will be, but because we have such a solid foundation now and having been exposed to each other multiple times and in, in, in different spaces, we get it. Moving with the, moving in with each other is just going to be natural for us. I'm looking at you like <laughs> that's he, interesting. He might say something different. I don't know, but he's like, "They're going to be doing all the clickers." I just can't. I don't know if I can satisfy you. You know, I'm like, "All right, you know what? I'm fine with that. It's fine." So, how do you deal with all the, I guess, the external? The chatter, how do you deal with the chatter revolving around around the success of your relationship? Because what you did say, like people look at you crazy, like how have you lasted this long and now you have a fiance and you guys barely see each other. How do you deal with the people that might have reservations about your relationship? I, from, okay, so from my immediate circle, people don't ever question it. They're like, yo, I get it they themselves have been in a long distance relationship or they wanted to entertain maybe a long distance relationship or they're just like, nah, it's not for me, but they never force their opinion about what we're doing right now because they see for themselves. I don't have to tell them. They see for themselves like, yo, they're clearly doing something that's working for them. And it's a whole fiance, like, like how how did they get from this to this and that that even in itself took time you know um so that's never a question about it society now on the other hand would be like nah he's gonna cheat she's gonna wild out you know they're they're just doing it for for the looks you know they're doing it for the gram but it's really I feel like that even in that that pressure is just like that's beyond us now um it sucks sometimes to see other people like literally living with each other and seeing each other every day like I can come home to you that is like damn you know I wish I had that but at the same time I'm very appreciative of where I'm at right now because I only know that where we're going is cool like it's gonna be even that more of a delight but dealing with people saying other things i'm not bothered by it because we are not a perfect couple you know we are not in a perfect situation but 
being in the type of relationship we are in right now, I'm very confident. And because of the way of the way we love each other, I'm so confident, like in knowing that none of this matters. None of it matters. Like we're still going to make time for each other, whether it be on FaceTime, the majority of our relationship, (laughs) or whether it be, Hey, you know what? I'm going to come see you. You're going to come see me. Um, and that's that. Like, well, if it's a weekend, cool. If it's a week, cool. But that's it. That's it. Like, we don't let that bother us at all. That's beautiful. Yay. Sam in love. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I feel like if I ask more questions, I'm just going to be mad intrusive. So. <laughs> I'm gonna just to I know you said free game. I didn't know did I did I get all the free game? Do we need one more gem do we need one more gem dropper before we go? <laughs> one more gem dropper? I mean yeah, drop drop a gem. Let me think about my gem drop. Being in relationship with yourself will be pivotal to your present and to your future. Without relationship with yourself first you won't know how to maneuver and or execute in the world and you won't understand the world around you. So establishing that first is more valuable than anything you'll ever, any relationship, any friendship you'll ever have. Take the, take the time to just go about understanding life and your experiences. A lot of times, Um, especially throughout this conversation. Uh, As you can see, it was a process, a journey, uh, each phase of life and life experiences. But at the same time, there was a lesson in everything. And if I had missed those lessons, I would be very stagnant and I wouldn't be where I am right now. So just the adaptation of of life and knowing that it's not going to be easy is... Wow, thank you. Show is over. Way to hit him with the hit him with a. <laughs> that was it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much for being here and being open and just full. Um, just speaking your words and speaking your experience. I know it's not always easy to kind of recap on some of the things that we've gone through, um, but you've definitely done it in a way that. I think people could receive. I definitely received it. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I just wanted to thank you for being here and I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's it for today, y'all. Thank you so much for listening into today's episode. I'm grateful for you allowing us to be a voice in your ear. If you love the Redefine Your Roots podcast, Be sure to leave us your feedback and a rating after this episode. You can keep up with this series at Redefine Your Roots on Instagram. For any information about this episode, you can follow along with the links provided in the description. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an opportunity to redefine your roots. And until next time, be kind, be you, and be patient with yourself. I love you all.